Welcome to the Association of Schools Advancing Health Professions, a leading source for interprofessional collaboration to improve health. Useful insights about publishing in this organization's Journal of Allied Health can be found in a top podcast series featuring episodes narrated by its editor, Dr. Thomas Elwood. Listeners not only will obtain valuable information about transformational developments in the wider world of journal publications, but also views on peer review and reasons why manuscripts either are accepted or rejected. So listen, learn, and enjoy. Welcome to a series of podcasts based on editorials that were published between 2008 and 2020 in the Journal of Allied Health. These items are a companion piece to a book in both print and ebook formats that is entitled From Fish to Philosopher. The editorials represent an effort to convey how the journal continues to evolve from one quarterly issue to the next by reflecting changing sets of circumstances during that time period. The intended audience consists of prospective authors who consider submitting manuscripts to the Journal of Allied Health. They will have an opportunity to learn about some inner workings of this publication. A second group comprises readers and listeners with a broad interest in the universe of professional periodicals who may benefit by learning more about various topics such as open access, impact factors, gender-related issues, predatory journals, and replicability. Episode 8, Summer 2010 Issue. Knowledge, Dissemination, and Adoption. An encouraging piece of news arrived at the Journal of Allied Health Office in April 2010. Readers of this publication are aware that an electronic version appears on the web each quarter after being placed there by the firm Ingenta. It is estimated that more than 13,560 other publications are posted in this manner. A study by the company Publishing Technology, PLC, for the period March 1st to the 31st in 2010, reveals that our journal ranked 85th as measured by the number of downloads of articles that occurred. Although these figures fail to shed light on whether the titles of articles or authors' names produce this result, it is reasonable to conclude that the contents of these manuscripts played an essential role. The vast domain of academic literature represents a treasure trove of exceptionally valuable information. Scanning the table of contents of various periodicals may spark the following question regarding a particular manuscript. Is this document of any importance? Occasionally, reviewers for the Journal of Allied Health recommend that an article be rejected because it adds nothing beyond what already is considered self-evident. In other words, the paper in question is deemed to be nothing more than unalloyed fluff. It should not be too difficult to imagine how much excitement might be generated by coming across some authentic fluff that is devoid of the trappings of mind-numbing jargon couched in arcane statistical methodology. That discovery was associated with the June 2009 issue of Medical Hypotheses, with the publication of The Nature of Naval Fluff. A less sophisticated title could have been chosen, such as The Nature of Belly Button Lint, but the tenets of academic freedom grant authors wide latitude in making their own choices. For reasons that will not be described with any degree of amplification in this editorial, it should come as no surprise that hirsute males appear to be the sole propagators, 
since their hairy navels and the cotton undergarments they wear have an affinity for one another. Not to belabor the point, but this matter would seem to have more significance than one might surmise at a cursory glance. Vividly demonstrating that it too is made of the right fluff, none other than the prestigious British journal Nature in October 1997 displayed photos of naval cotton debris of a sailor at sea, an architect, and a farmer. Returning to the issue of the kinds of stimuli that encourage a prospective reader to peruse a journal article, one possibility is that not only can a title by itself produce such inspiration, its combination with an author's name may be all that is necessary. For example, President Obama's recent nomination of Donald Berwick to serve as director of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, signifies an attempt to place at the head of that agency one of the nation's foremost experts on the topic of healthcare quality. Berwick's writings over the years have displayed a keen sense of concrete steps that must be taken to improve health care. Thus, both content and name recognition of a well-known authority on particular topics may play a role in fostering a desire or a need to download an article. But then what happens as a consequence upon doing so? Usually the answer is unknown, except if an author is notified that an effort was made at a later time elsewhere to carry out what was proposed in the article or the results of trying to use the intervention are published. The gap between research and practice often tends to be wide. Frequently, it is so large that the Institute of Medicine has described discrepancies between evidence-based efficacious interventions and what actually occurs in practice as being so big as to be labeled a chasm. In the 2007 issue of the Annual Review of Public Health, Glasgow and Emmons state that multiple interacting reasons can be given for the general failure of research findings to translate into practice, including historical, social, economic, cultural, and organizational factors that slow or impede the transfer. Specific reasons include high cost, intensive time demands, high level of staff expertise required, difficult to learn or understand, not developed considering user needs, not designed to be self-sustaining, not customizable, highly specific to a particular setting, competing demands, prevailing practices work against innovation, and not being relevant for the target population in another setting. Finally, it should be noted that some manuscripts submitted to the Journal of Allied Health with the intention of being published as research articles are rejected by reviewers. A common reason is that the sample was much too small. Another perceived defect is that the contents do not appear to be applicable beyond a limited subset of a single profession. In many cases, because the topic is of some importance, these items are published either as a research note or as a potential pattern in anticipation that readers will benefit from them. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more about the Association of Schools Advancing Health Professions at ASAHP.org.